Thank you for listening to the Potter's House Tri-Cities Podcast, located here in Pasco, Washington, where lives are still being changed for Jesus Christ. We hope you enjoy it. Reading in 1 Corinthians 9, 19 through 27. Praise the Lord. So Paul says this, Although I am free from all, and not anyone's slave, I have made myself a slave to everyone in order to win more people. To the Jew I became like a Jew to win the Jew, and to those under the law like one under the law. Though I myself, amen, am not under the law, to win those under the law. To those, amen, who are without the law, like one without the law. Though I am not without God's law, but under the law of Christ. To win those without the law, amen. Kind of sounds schizophrenic. To the weak I became weak in order to win the weak. I have become all things to all people so that I may, amen, be by very possible means save some. And now I do all this because of the gospel so that I may share in the blessing. So he goes on to say, I do not know, amen, sorry, do you not know that the runners in a stadium all race, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way to win the prize. Not everyone who completes, uh, who compete exercises self-control in everything. They do it to receive a perishable crown, but we an imperishable crown. So I do not run like the one who runs aimlessly or box like one beating the air. Instead, I discipline my body to bring it under strict control. So that after preaching to others, I myself would not be disqualified. Let's pray. God, we pray that you would move, Lord God, by the power of your Holy Spirit. Speak to your people, Lord God. Let us understand that this race, Lord God, that we're running is a marathon, Lord God. That we would not disqualify ourselves by giving up, Lord God. That we would run this race with endurance, Lord God. That we would run this race, Lord God, with a purpose. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And so I want to take a look, firstly, at preparing for the race. I want to say this life, amen, that you are and I live, amen, for Christ is a marathon. It is not a sprint, and so as, and so we're going to have to, amen, finish the race. But to finish this race, we must prepare for it. I want to take a look at a sprint. And so a sprint in the original days of the Olympics was 180 meters. So we don't gauge things by meters. So it's 591 feet. But a marathon is a long-distance running race, strictly of 26 miles. And so that adds up to 137,280 feet. 26 miles is a long way. I don't think I can run a marathon. 
But that's what a marathon is. And it's a perfect description, amen, of, amen, our Christian, amen, race. But I believe that there are a lot of Christians who are trying to run a sprint in their Christianity instead of running a marathon. And so they quickly get tired and become discouraged because they cannot endure. So many people are casualties of Christianity. Anything difficult that comes their way, and they just give up. They throw in the towel. Amen. And so as Christians, you and I are called to endure, to persevere, amen, and to be different than this world. People today give up, amen, on marriages. They give up on their kids. They give up on relationships. They give up on their careers. And they give up on their finances. I've seen even people in the church. They're tired of their finances. They're like, nah, I just give up on this. I can't be a good steward for God. And they give up on this. A lot of times we set high goals for ourselves as Christians. And so too many times we give up. I want to take a look, amen. At worldly goals. Too many people judge success by the day which isn't realistic. And here is why. They set, amen, a real big goal for themselves. Usually something, amen, that combines, amen, the proficiency of multiple skill sets. Each of which would take years to master. And so that goal is then tied to some sort of hope related to an external validation. When I achieve this, then everyone will respect me. And finally, to top it all off, they vow themselves to work relentlessly towards said goal. All without, amen, first examining their daily and questioning where in their busy schedule, they are actually going to put the pen, amen, to the pad, the brush to the easel, to the nose to the grinding stone, and do the work required. In short, they have failed before they even have begun. And this could be said, amen, for our Christian walk also. And so here are the reasons, amen, people give up on their goals far too easy. They want the outcome more than they want to obtain the skill. How many of us know that sometimes we're looking at something and we're trying to run for it in the Christian walk? And so we want the outcome more than, than we think about gaining the skill to complete the task. They care too much of what people think. And they fear, amen, judgment of failure. You're going to fail, amen, in your Christian walk. But you're going to have to get back up. They mistake failure for the lesson learned. They do not have discipline to stick with their idea long enough to see it live. They, they get distracted by what someone else is doing. How many of us know that in our Christian walk, we can look at somebody else and be distracted? 
or get discouraged. Oh, they're doing better than me, so I'm not going to do anything. We just throw up our hands. They don't believe in themselves. Amen. I want to say that if we're going to do anything for Jesus, we must prepare ourselves for the long run. Chances are you are one of those people that gives up on their goals. That's because everyone on this earth is one of those people. We all, no matter how goal-oriented we claim to be, have a knack, amen, amen, for setting unrealistic goals for ourselves. There's dream chasers. And they say, amen, you can't stop me. But even they fail to realize that their own success is not a result of brute force. Succeeding over the long term has far more to do with stepping back, amen, and subtracting distractions rather than using brute force and pushing forward to accomplish what they want to be accomplished. So we are called to move forward in our Christian walk. But I believe that a lot of Christians fail to realize that, amen, they need stamina for the, amen, for their running Christ. This man said this, I've learned a few secrets about going for a successful run through the years. He goes, one of them is to make up my mind before I start exactly how far I am going to run. He says, if I don't take the important steps, my body will quickly decide, amen, that the run is over and not take any more steps. I have to prepare my mind to go the distance so that I can overrule the vote of my tired muscles. We'll cast halfway through the run. That's a perfect picture, amen, of us. That sometimes we get tired, amen, in the Christian walk because we don't calculate things. He says, you cannot prepare to run a marathon after the gun has fired and the race has begun. You prepare months, amen, running a little further each time, conditioning your body to go the distance. Amen. And so in our main scripture, Paul disciplines his body to run this long race, amen, called life so he can endure it. I want to take a look secondly at the made-up mind. Paul has his mind made up, amen, what he's going to do for the rest of his life. Paul was going to go the distance, amen, for Christ in this marathon called life. So many people quit, amen, the Christian race because they are running towards the wrong things in life. They might say, yes, I'm running Amen, the Christian race. But you can tell if they're running the race or not by where they put their priorities. Many Christians, amen, are on the race to the career. They keep, they're on the race, amen, with keeping up with the Joneses. They're on the race of buying a house. They're on the race, amen, of buying the $50,000 car. They're on the race, amen, of complacency, which is not really, amen, a marathon, but it is a sprint. 
Hebrews 12, 1 through 2 says this, Therefore then, since we are surrounded so by so great a cloud of witnesses, who have bore testimony to the truth, let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance, unnecessary weight, that sin which so readily, uh, amen, clings to and entangles us, and let us run with patient endurance and steady, amen, perseverance, appointed course, amen, of the race that is set before us, amen, looking away from all that will distract to Jesus, amen who is the lender and the source of our faith, giving the first, amen, uh, giving the first uh, incentive for our behalf, and is also its finisher, bringing into maturity and perfection. He, for the joy of obtaining the prize that was set before him, endured the cross, despising and ignoring the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And so this scripture is telling us to throw aside every unnecessary weight. And so in the ancient days of the Olympics, women did not compete. And married women, amen, were not even allowed to be spectators. The male athletes did, amen, the running. And so they did not wear any clothing. They competed naked. Think about this. You've seen some of the, the amen, statues. And so these athletes took off their clothes. He took off everything so that it would not get caught up on something that pre would prevent him from running the race. That sounds intense, doesn't it? Running down the track butt naked. But this is what Paul is saying. The picture he is trying to portray, paint, amen, by giving us this illustration, he is saying, you must get, amen, extreme if you're going to run this race. Every athlete, amen, that ran in this race had the mindset that he was going to win. And so that is why, amen, they were willing to do anything, even to take off their clothes to win this race. Think about this. And so I want to say that things that we do not strip away in our lives will entangle us in the future. Paul said, they do it to receive a perishable crown. But we, an imperishable crown. I want to say, amen, that the things that you're fighting for in your Christianity, and they're imperishable. People in life are running around, amen, naked, chasing the things of this world. And so they're not being covered, amen, by their creator in the spiritual sense. Think about this. They're running after those perishable things. And Paul is telling us, amen, to run, amen, towards those imperishable crowns. 
Only in two things, amen, in life determine your destiny for God. Your choices and your response, amen, to God. Job was a man who I believe made up his mind in his youth that he was going to serve the Lord. That he would cleave to what was good and abhorred evil. And that he would stick, amen, to the narrow path. Whenever you make a choice against one thing, you make a choice for something else. When you make up your mind, amen, to abhor evil, you make a choice to cling to what is good. In the same manner, when you choose to ignore the prompting of the Lord in an area, you're making a choice to do something that opposes his best plan for your life. And so choosing to do right is not always easy. But I want to say that God's grace is efficient meant to see you through. There will come a day when your response, amen, to God and the choices you have made will be tested. And so that day came for Job. Satan came to test him to the core. In one single day, Job lost, amen, everything he cared about and loved. His children, his servants, his herds, his priorities, all destroyed in the blink of an eye. Throughout the day, amen, that faithful man of God was plummeted, amen, with one tragic story of loss and destruction following immediately on the heels of another. The final blow came to him when the news that all his children who were uh, dining together at the home of the eldest son had been killed in the windstorm when it destroyed the house. Hearing that news, this is what Job did. Job 1, 20 through 22 says this, And Job stood up, tore his robe, and shaved his head. He fell to the ground, worshipped, saying, Naked I came from my mother's womb. There's that word again, naked. And naked I will receive, I, I will leave this life. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Through all this, Job did not sin or blame God for anything. And so that amazes me. I cannot imagine, amen, how my heart would break if I lost a child. Job immediately demonstrated out the outward signs of mourning, amen, in the culture that he lived. But the powerful thing was that he demonstrated from the inside, amen, what he demonstrated from the inside. He fell to the ground and worshipped. In the face of utter destruction and loss, his heart was already prepared to worship God, no matter what happened. And so there's always comes a day of testing. That is, the val- that is when the value of the made-up mind truly counts. I want to take a look lastly at sticking to the plan. Charles uh, Hitchcock II was recognized one of the most effective military snipers of all times in the Vietnam era. He was called to a mission to take out a general. And so he accepted it 
He spent the next day preparing mentally and going over the maps and intelligence plans that the Marines had gave him. And so he looked at the lay of the land where the general was based, his habits, and so forth. And so he decided that he would take him out from 100 yards in order to guarantee the success of the mission. Even though he was skilled from uh, for over 100 yards and further, this miss missing was important. Amen. And the most dangerous one. And so there was no room for ever for error so he removed his personal items including amen this feather that he kept amen in his hat tucked it into his new testament and so he amen he was flown to the drop to the point and left completely alone in the jungle so this man began what would become a four-day journey across 1500 yards of the field Camouflage and crawling like a worm, moving so slow that his um, amen, enemies could not detect him. And so as the hours wore on, Hitchcock inched along. So by the third day, his body was covered with a dozen, dozen ants and bug bites. To the point he thought, even a man, if, if the mission was successful, the ants might carry his dead body away. His knees, his hips, amen, elbows were covered in blisters and sores from his continual slow pace. And so a number of times he held his breath until his lungs felt like they would burst as the enemy patrol walked right past him. And so he had not eaten in days, only taken a cap full of water Amen. From his canteen, often enough to stay alive. He goes on to say, it seemed like things could not get much worse. And so he crawled into uh, within six inches of a green bamboo viper. And so this man was face to face with a very deadly snake. It took every ounce of amen, within him, amen, to restrain himself and calm himself so he can pray goes on to say suddenly the snake just slithered away and so maintaining his cover he he took the next half hour to slowly inch amen a cap full of water amen to his mouth so he would not be detected and so pain weariness and hunger flooded his mind and his body Ahead of him lay two more hundred yards to crawl in order to have a perfect firing range. And so that's when the battle began in his mind, of which Henderson writes, Amen. Compromise began tempting him now. You can do it from here, he considered. In all his years of his marksmanship competition, his best scores came from a thousand yards. It's been, amen, all bullseyes and bees from this distance, Carlos told himself. But in all the years of shooting, amen, he had never, amen, had a critical shot like this. And so a second voice told him, Carlos, stick to the plan. 
don't change things now. Survival depends on it. Survive, survival, amen. Carlos was always listening to that voice. And so it had always kept him alive. Amen. You have to stick to the plan. Amen. I know you're tired, but you have to. You must go on with the plan. He told himself. He stuck to that voice. How many of us know that sometimes other voices try to tell us to do other things? Amen. But he knew that voice. He goes, it goes on to say, amen. Hitchcock continued on, prompted, prompted by the advice of the second voice. He finally reached an 800-yard point and set his position in a ditch no more than six inches deep. And so the next morning when the general emerged from his bunker, Hitchcock lined up his scope and reminded himself one more time, do not compromise going through all the verbal, amen, um, reminders, he took the shot. He made the necessary adjustments and squeezed the trigger. So the enemy was taken out. A critical battle was turned around because of his dedication and his determination. Because he did not compromise when things got difficult. And so he reminded himself to stick to the plan when he was rested, when he was thinking straight, amen, when he was fatigued and fear and hunger and pain were not in control. And so long before he started, amen, crossing that field, he made up his mind that there was no turning back and no room for compromise. So I want to say this evening, as Christians... Amen. Endurance comes when you stay focused in the battle. As you set your mind to that, amen, or say to yourself that you will not compromise in your Christianity, you build, amen, confidence and endurance that can carry you through the trials and battles that come. And so if not, it is too late. Hitchcock could have, amen, thought of a dozen ways to compromise, but there was only one way to victory. How many of us know that we're called, amen, to run, amen, a narrow race? And there's only one way to victory. There are many broad paths. But the narrow one, the one he made up his mind about when he was thinking clear, that one would alone bring him success. That is why the writer of Ecclesiastes says, Remember your youth when your head is clear. And the burdens of life, amen, have not taken hold. Ecclesiastes 12, 1 says this. So remember your creator in the days of your youth, before the days of the adversary come, and the years approach when you will say, I have no delight in them. We need to do things now. Amen. Because there could come a time, amen, when we're weary. And like this man, though, that slow, progressive decisions that he made, and he kept taking when his heart, when his mind, amen, was weary, when he was discouraged. He kept going. 
I know it was at a slow pace, but he finally reached, amen, his destination, his target, and he made it count when, when it needed to count. If you feel, amen, time, amen, of your youth has passed, I want to say start now. Begin today. Thomas A. Uh, Kempson says this. He says, lose not your confidence of making progress towards the things of the Spirit. You still have time. The hour is not yet past. Make up your mind and go after God with all your heart. Joshua 24, 15, the Amplified Version says this. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And so the power of the made-up mind, amen, will always serve the Lord. Can I have every head bowed and every eye closed? You've just listened to the Potter's House Tri-Cities Podcast located here in Pasco, Washington. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you come back for more.